So my message this morning, I'm going to preach, Kathy, is called Resurrection Power. I'm going to keep you up because we're just having fun. You're doing good. Who thinks the band are doing good? I'm going to, I want to preach this message. Uh, my wife almost started to preach it for me. It's called Resurrection Power. The scripture that I want to preach is the one that she already started to preach, and it's in Romans chapter 8, verse 11. And it says this, The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. We're celebrating a risen Savior today. There is no historical um, place where Jesus is buried right now. He's the, he's the only one from New Testament times to now who hasn't been buried and stayed buried. He rose from the dead. It's, it's a proven archaeological fact. I read the Greg Sheridan in the Australian yesterday, one of the editors, talk about how science and scholars have tried for centuries to disprove the existence of Jesus, the crucifixion of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus, but even now, more and more evidence keeps mounting up to the, that, that it's a reality, a historical, scientific, scholarly, archaeological reality that Jesus Christ walked this earth, that he was crucified, and that he was resurrected. And so on this Resurrection Sunday, we're here to talk about resurrection power, what it means for you and I. And so it says, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by this same Spirit living within you. Here's the deal. One day, if you're a Christian, you're going to get a brand new body. Somebody say amen. amen. Somebody say, I'm happy with my current body, but I'm looking forward to my eternal body. Someone say, I'm just looking forward to my eternal body. Yeah, I know. Okay, it's all right. Don't say that. So, that, that, but that will happen. The Bible says it will be quickened our mortal body in the twinkling of an eye. But that is for those who have already put their faith in Christ. When you put your faith in Christ, His Spirit comes and lives inside of you. He becomes your friend, your helper. He changes us from the inside out. We begin this relationship with our Heavenly Father that we were created for. For some of you here today, life's not making a lot of sense. You feel like something's missing. You feel like something's not quite right. And I want to tell you today, what's not quite right is your soul was made for communion and friendship with God. And until you find that relationship with Him, then things just won't make sense. There'll be an emptiness, there'll be a lack of purpose, and there'll be a lack of peace. But when you find Him, as Jenna shared with us in that testimony earlier, life begins to make sense. At the end of this service, I'm going to give us an opportunity just in our seats to raise our hand and say, I want that relationship with God that you're talking about. I want that power to change that comes with Jesus Christ to come into my life and we'll, we'll uh, pray a prayer that will be a game changer for you. But what I want to talk about here is that Spirit of God that lives inside of us, He brings dead things to life. Dead things, dead parts, dead, dead components of our life, things that aren't working, things that need resurrection. He brings them to life. We, we live in a suburban area, and, and you know it's interesting, in our street, you drive down our street, although we're in the middle of suburbia, there's chickens out on the road. Sometimes you see goats. It's, it's whacked, right? Uh, one, of, one of our neighbors has got chickens. And uh, every now and then when the wind changes, you're well aware if, the, if it's wet, you're well aware that the neighbors have got chickens. And so what seems to happen every now and then is, is the, the owner of the chickens must, must attract some rats. And so I, I'm figuring what happens is he poisons the rats every now and then. And you know when he poisons the rats, and it, it must have happened this week because I was downstairs in my home and then I hear squealing upstairs. 
because our cat, like a good cat, uh, is brought inside a rat that, that was either dead or it's killed and it's brought it in. And as, as the cat does, it's like, look at me, I'm awesome, Dad. Come on, look at what, I'm a big hunter, I'm phenomenal. A cat's way outdo our dog. It's clueless as to what's going on, but the cat's got it. And so they're squealing and they're, they're screaming and the, the rat gets thrown out into the bin and my daughter's locked the door of her room because she's not going to go anywhere near a cat or the rat. And then I'm downstairs and 10 minutes later, I get a text, Dad, there's another rat in the house. Upstairs we go, get rid of that rat. Then, then another 10 minutes, there's another rat in our house. It's crazy. It's like, it's, it's just... Anyway, lucky I'm a farm boy and I know what to do with rats. It reminded me a few years ago, we had the, the, it must have been the rat poisoning time, and a rat came in, we were sitting on the couch watching TV, the cat brings in a rat, drops it on the floor, there's a lot of squealing going on from two particular females in our house as they jump up on the seat. Lucky again, I said I, I grew up on a farm, I know what to do, I went to grab a shovel to pick up the rat to take it, get rid of it. As I pick it up on the shovel, the rat comes to life, runs up the shovel, jumps off and runs around on the floor. Now there's real squealing going on and it's not just the girls. Again, fortunately I had a shovel, I grew up on a farm, I knew what to do and it was, that problem was dealt with. I thought it was dead but it came to life. You know where I'm going here right now. There's some areas in your life that you think are dead, but the resurrection power of God can get into that area. It's not a rat, but into that area, and He can bring life for you and me. Maybe, maybe it's something in a relationship that just looks like there's no life in this. Maybe it's an estranged relationship from a family member you want to be close to. Maybe it's a marriage that's under fire, under attack, and you can't see a future. Maybe it's a, a wayward son or daughter that you, you want to, to restore back into relationship. Maybe, maybe there's just something going on in, in a relationship part of your life that looks dead. But I'm here today to tell you that the message of Easter, of Resurrection Sunday, is there's resurrection power. If you'll let God into that area, He'll bring it back to life, if you'll let Him in. I look around this church and I see people sitting here who came to church separated from their spouse, estranged from their children, in a terrible emotional state, and I watch them as they connected to God. As firstly, he brought them spiritually alive. Then when God lives in you and he brings you spiritually alive, I watch as he changes. He restores. I, I, I get the joy. This is my favorite part of being a pastor. I watch people come. I watch people taking communion on Thursday. And I just look, there's a miracle. There's another miracle. There's another miracle. There's someone who was going to take their life and now they're living life to the full. There's a marriage that had no hope and now it's back. I saw what God could do, the resurrecting power of God into a life. Maybe it's an emotional part of your life that looks dead. Maybe, maybe your heart shut down emotionally. You're just numb, not feeling can't get excited you once had a joy you once had an excitement about life it's gone you can't trust people anymore because your heart's just got too damaged too hardened i want to tell you that the message of easter sunday is that there is resurrection power that can bring your heart back to life jesus said i've come to give you a new heart to heal up the brokenhearted relationally, 
emotionally. Maybe anxiety and fear is shutting you down. You can't even face crowds. It's a big effort for you to be here today. Or maybe you're watching online because you just can't face any crowd. I want to tell you today that no matter what anxiety is gripping your heart, there is an answer. There is life to that area that's dead. God can deal with that anxiety and, and take it out of you if you'll let that same spirit who raised Christ from the dead dwell in you. Maybe, maybe it's financial. Maybe like you, at one point I was running a business and I was lit days, maybe weeks away from the bank shutting it down. I had the statement uh, from the bank saying they were going to sell the equity, they were gonna, uh, which was my parents' house for a business I was in. Maybe you're, you're looking at a situation that looks absolutely dead. Fortunately for me, God spoke to me. He gave me some promises, and I chose to believe those promises. And I, I watched God take something that looked dead and buried. I've still got the, the papers, but I've written the scriptures over the top of those papers because the Word of God brought life to what was dead. Maybe it's your business. Maybe it's your finances. Maybe you're going to get kicked out of your house. But I'm telling you today, there's resurrection power in Jesus Christ. Maybe, maybe it's a dream that you once had and it's just gone. It had this sense of purpose, but it's just not there anymore. You hear people say that they just can't wait to get out of bed because they're living for purpose. And you're thinking, I'm just in a soul-destroying, relentless going nowhere kind of existence because my dream's been squashed. I want to tell you today that the same spirit who raised Christ from the dead, he can get inside of your life and either resurrect the dream or give you the God dream that you are always created for, for you to discover that purpose. Maybe it's a physical thing and you're like, I, I just, I'm never going to enjoy life again while I've got that physical condition. Can I tell you that the same spirit who raised Christ from the dead can bring healing into your body? And this morning, I want to talk about, well, how can God do that? How do I position myself for that resurrection power? How do I set myself up for that, what you're talking about? It's great to see it on a video, and it's great to hear it for you, and it's great to hear it for them. But, but what about me? How do I set it up? I feel like Shannon Knoll there for a moment. What about me? Anyway, I'll spare you. I think there's karaoke in the car park tonight can't wait for that that's going to be so much fun after church Kathy Clancy you'll love it Jesus as well as being raised from the dead himself in his lifetime the Bible shares three moments where he raised three people from the dead a 12 year old girl the daughter of the synagogue ruler named Jairus a unnamed young boy who was dead and being carried in a funeral procession by his widowed mother out of the village of Nain. And Jesus came one way with a crowd of his followers all excited about everything. And he, he collided into a funeral procession and he raised the little boy from the dead. And then the third one was Lazarus. That was the most dangerous one because the other two were up in northern Israel in, in, a, in Galilee and they were just rumors. But when he raised Lazarus from the dead, that was a 40-minute walk away from Jerusalem. People were going out of Jerusalem and walking to see the risen Lazarus and the, the, the chief priests couldn't deny that. So they made a plan to kill Jesus and to kill Lazarus so people would stop walking to see Jesus and Lazarus. 
three people he raised from the dead. And out of, out of those three stories or those three moments, I want to draw three principles for you and for me this morning of how we can get the resurrection power of God into our life, into that compartment of your life that seems dead right now, that component. It all starts by letting God in. But out of that, there are some principles that we can learn. And so the first one is found in Luke chapter 7. And I'm just going to go straight to verse 13. They're carrying this boy to the cemetery to be buried. He's a widow's son, which means the woman would normally would live and survive from her husband's work and provision. So he's already died. She's already had one tragedy in her life. Her son would represent her future financial hope. He's the retirement plan. A good Jewish boy would, would look after his mum who wouldn't really be able to look after herself. And so I guess the, the threat is that she'll be sold into slavery. And, and so now a second tragedy has struck and she's walking that boy out. And this is what it says. When the Lord Jesus saw the grieving mother, verse 13, his heart broke for her. He didn't know her. As it would seem, we, we, we read of no history. But as the son of God, he knew her. And his heart broke for her. With great tenderness, he said to her, please don't cry. And he goes on and he raises the little girl from the dead, great uh, little, little boy from the dead, great story to, to read about, the power of what that must have been like. When I get to heaven, I'm, I'm imagining there's a great big movie room where you can go back and watch things from history that, that actually happen and are recorded on movies. Now, good news is if you don't want some of your stuff to be seen, there's this thing called the blood of Jesus that erases it. So some of you got really nervous then. I'm like, oh, could you get... Oh, no, blood of Jesus covers all your sin. Good news. But I, I want to I watch some of those resurrection moments because I reckon they would be stunning along with the walking and oh, so many things to watch. Anyway, he gets raised from the dead. When the Lord saw her pain, his heart broke for her. I just want to tell somebody here today that Jesus sees your pain. That we've got a God in heaven. The Bible tells us He loves you so much He's numbered the hairs on your head. That's how interested in your life He is. Numbers the hairs on your head. Some of you are like, look at the comb. I've got a continual job of upgrading the numbers. Hairs falling out. He knows. So if He knows that, He knows every detail. And he cares about every detail. Sometimes you can go, well, that problem that I've got, I shouldn't bother God with that problem. No, 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 bother him because he cares. You can ask boldly for the life of God to come into that area of your life. He cares. That's the first thing. You're not insignificant to God. His heart breaks for you. The second story of a resurrection miracle is Jairus, who's a synagogue leader. And Jesus is a little distance away from this man's village. And he's come specifically to get Jesus to go back to heal his daughter because she's sick. While he's waiting to get there, he heals another woman of her issue of 12 years. And there's his 12-year-old daughter. And so Jesus, the Jairus has said, come and heal her. Jesus is on his way. And then the message comes. Verse 49, while Jesus was still speaking to the woman, someone came from Jairus' house and told him, there's no need to bother the master any further. Your daughter has passed away. 
she's gone. There's no need to bother him. Another version says, don't trouble the teacher. Sometimes you're like, no, that, that's too far gone. That part of my life, A, God probably doesn't care too much about it, but B, well, if he turned up here, he could have done something. But now it's too late. So don't trouble the teacher. A little voice will get in your head. Don't ask God to do that. That's just inappropriate. I want to tell you, trouble the teacher. Come on, harass your heavenly father for answers. He loves you. He wants you to harass him. And so then he goes on. Jesus heard this. He said, Jairus, don't yield to your fear. Have faith in me and she will live again. I can imagine the son of God who's a miracle worker is right beside Jairus. He gets this gut-wrenching news that his daughter has just died. He can feel a blanket of fear about to come and grief and wrap itself around him. And Jesus in that moment says what he says to many others in the moment of their need of their impossible situation. So often he doesn't say, it's okay, I can do it. He says, if you can believe, then I can do it. If you can believe, see, God isn't just drawn to your need by His compassion. He's drawn to bring resurrection power where there's faith. Faith is what pulls the attention and the power of God out of heaven into your life and into my life. And so Jesus says, Jairus, don't yield. Don't bow down to your fear. Don't let it clothe you. I know it's impossible. I know you had a bad report from the doctor. I know the accountant told you that's not going to turn around. I know it looks impossible in that relationship. I know that's another lot of bad news. I want to tell you today, choose faith over fear. Right now, make a decision. Don't yield. Resist it. There's a giant of unbelief that wants to come into your life and intimidate you. Don't yield to it. I was talking to a pastor recently about, uh, about another pastor, friend of his, who started praying a prayer saying, God, I want to raise people from the dead. You've done it in the Bible. And I want to do this in my own life. I don't want to just preach messages. I want to bring a move of God. And he began to pray this and pray this and pray this. And then he found himself in a situation where someone died. And he didn't pray for them. And he felt rebuked by God. And so he prayed this prayer and said, Lord, if you'll give me one more go, I promise I'll be obedient and I'll go with faith. Not long afterwards, this pastor, this is in the last five years or so, this pastor was at the beach with his family on a holiday and his son fell over, collapsed and died. And so the ambulance came, they pronounced him dead and he said, I'm going to just leave him with me. I'm going to take him back to my hotel room. He took him back to his hotel room, determined that he wouldn't yield to fear, but would stir up faith. And for five hours, he prayed and prayed and kept praying, saying, God, bring him to life. In, in about around the fifth hour, he began to move and come back to life, but he was paralyzed. Another three hours of praying and choosing not to yield to fear, but to turn to faith. And his son came fully alive, fully awake, back to life. Now, since that moment, he's seen hundreds of people raised from the dead. So often the first one is the hardest one. 
Because the devil knows if you can get a breakthrough in this area, it's going to have a domino effect into so many other lives and so many other people. Some of the situations that you're facing right now that look impossible, but the resurrection power of Jesus Christ can come to, it's not just about you. It's about a a myriad, an army of people who are going to follow. And your miracle is going to become their miracle. Your giant, like David's, is going to become their giant as they rise up as giant slayers. Choose faith over fear do not yield to fear he told Jairus amazing when Jesus went back to his his room to to minister life to that girl it's interesting he kicked everybody out of the house except for the parents he didn't let all of his disciples came in he chose Peter James and John said you come in because I want to do a miracle here and I want to control the atmosphere Next Sunday morning, I'm going to do a part two of this message. The the title of it, uh, the subtitle, because it's still resurrection power, is who's in your room. Because it's who you let into the room of your life that will determine the faith atmosphere of the miraculous that God can do into your world. You've got to be very selective about who gets into your room. We can minister to people out there, but that's next week. Last one here is the story of Lazarus. This is the third resurrection that Jesus did. Lazarus was his friend. His friends were Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. They they lived in in Bethany, a a little over out of Jerusalem, over the Mount of Olives, a little walk to Jerusalem. And Jesus would often visit Jerusalem, but wouldn't stay in Jerusalem. He'd stay with his friends in Bethany. And so he, he gets the word that Lazarus is sick. Mary and Martha call for him to come. And he goes to come, but he delays. And in his delaying, he hears the message that Lazarus, although he was sick, now he's died. And he still delays. And then when he gets there, Martha says to him, if only you'd been here, he wouldn't have died because they knew he could heal the sick. They knew. They'd seen it time and time again. They'd heard. They'd sat around their lounge room hearing the stories of miracles and it wasn't so much as a like an observation that oh if you were here you would have been it was it was a more of an accusation if you cared you would have come there's pain in that statement sometimes something in our world has died and the cry of our heart is god if you really cared that wouldn't have happened where were you why didn't you answer me and in that moment there's two wonderful things about God one is that he is a comforter and there are seasons in our life where literally someone dies something something just goes horribly wrong and there's no reversing it and in that moment we need God to be the comforter the Holy Spirit our very present help in comfort and he is that comforter and he even right now if you're facing something that's just overwhelming you with grief God's spirit is here to comfort you to pour love into your heart but in this moment Jesus looks at them and says actually you know it's pretty good that I delayed because now you're going to see a greater miracle now something is going to happen here that will be told for centuries and centuries and centuries if I just healed Lazarus would have been okay And there it is. 
But if I, this moment of a miracle of resurrection will get the glory for me and it will actually lead me to my ultimate purpose. And so they bring him to the, to the tomb and Jesus again, he weeps because God cares. And he's moved and he's stirred. And then it says in verse 38, then Jesus with intense emotions, we're in John chapter 11, came to the tomb, a cave with a stone rolled over its entrance. And Jesus told them, roll away the stone. He still rolls stones away. Didn't you love that this morning? He still rolls them away. Then Martha said, but Lord, it's been four days since he died. By now his body is already decomposing. It's a hot Judean desert. He's rotting. It's a terrible smell. It's messy. Hmm. But Jesus said, roll it away. Sometimes, I get this, we don't want people to see our mess. We don't want them to have a sense of the things that are going on in our life. And so we'd rather stay closed than let someone in because it just feels better. What if I get rejected if I tell you about my stuff? What about if you think less of me if I tell you about my stuff? There's something so powerful. If God's going to do a miracle, a resurrection miracle in a part of your life, there's something so powerful about letting your mess out. We call it letting the light into the dark area. Where there's darkness, demons feed off and shame abounds. But when you can say to someone, you know what, I haven't told anyone this, but our finances are in a terrible position and it's creating a whole lot of stress. You can share that in a small group in the life of our church or with someone and, and, and suddenly the power of that dark thing is broken and it allows the resurrection power of God for Jesus to speak into that world. It's, it's not pleasant. It probably did smell bad. But sometimes smelling bad is a forerunner to resurrection. I remember when Danielle and I, were, were, we got stuck in a marriage area in our life. And it was painful. And we tried to navigate our way through. We couldn't navigate our way through. We talked to our pastors about it years ago. And they said, oh, you probably should go and, you know, see a counselor and get some help. And I'm like, internally, I'm a pastor. I, don't, I help people. I don't get help. And we went, not kicking and screaming, but whatever the next version of that is, to see a, a, a Christian counselor and just roll away the stone. And let him look at some of the, the, just some issues that we were struggling with. And it was messy. And there were tears, not just from Danielle. Uh, there was, it, was, it was challenging. But the, the life of God came into our lives. The love of God came in. Healing came in. And sometimes if you want resurrection in an area, you've got to let the mess show. You've got to let someone in. Someone you can trust. That's why we're a church that creates moments and opportunities to let the light in, to break the power of shame, to let the answers of God flow into your life this morning. I want us to close our eyes right across the room right now. I want you to know this morning there's resurrection power. He brings dead things to life. He cares about every detail of your life. It's not insignificant to Him. I want you to make a choice today to not yield to fear, but to choose faith over fear going to talk next week about this whole thought of who's in your room because it matters I want you to know it's okay if it's messy 
you can open the door, let the light in to the right people and healing will come. Father, I'm praying for people today who need resurrection power in their marriage, in their relationships, in their heart, in their emotions, in their finances, in their business, in their career, in the dreams of their life, in their mindsets, physically for physical healing. I'm praying that right now power will flow. Hope will flood people who are overwhelmed that the life of God can come. So while we're here this morning, I know God's ministering love, hope, and faith to people. You might be here this morning and your next step right now is to invite God into your heart. You were created for a relationship with Him. You'll feel like something's missing. There's a degree of emptiness, a lack of true purpose until you make the decision to invite God into your life. We're celebrating Easter right now. The reason we're celebrating Easter is because God paid the price for our sin so that we don't have to. Jesus was cut off from his Father so that we don't have to be cut off. He was punished for things he never done because they were the things that we've done. He bore our sin. And all we have to do today is to look to him with faith in our heart, to believe that he is God's son and that he died on a cross for our sin. And if we look to him and surrender our lives, we invite him into our heart. In a moment, the greatest miracle will happen. God will take your, your spirit and bring you alive. So many people struggle to feel or sense God and they, they're like, oh, I can't, I can't see or feel God. I don't, I don't even know if he's real. Jesus said it like this, unless you're born again, you won't see the kingdom of heaven. We need to be physically born, which we all have been. And once you're physically born, you can see and taste and touch the physical world. But when you're born spiritually into heaven, you can see and taste and touch heaven, heaven on earth. Your eyes get open, but it's a decision we make and God comes and lives in our heart. This morning, if that's you who wants to say, yes, I want a relationship with God, in a moment, if you'd like that, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. And then I'll say, I see your hand and you can put it down. And then together, we're all going to pray a prayer. And I'd like you to pray that prayer from your heart, inviting Christ into your life, surrendering your life to God. In that moment, His Spirit will come and live in you. Make you born again. It's a miracle like no other miracle. Maybe you've at one point walked with God and you find yourself in church here today and you know that Jesus is not number one in your life. You might have gone to Sunday school. You might have gone to youth group. You might have gone to church for a while or been going to church. But you know in your heart you're away from God. You've, you've just drifted away from Him and He's not number one. And today is the day to come back to Christ and make Him number one in your life. The world's not working for you. Life without God is leaving you empty, frustrated. 
Today, would you surrender and recommit your life to Christ? If you're watching online, I'm talking to you as well. Today's your day to get right with God. Maybe the third kind of person in the room this morning is you believe that God's real. You're a good person, but you're not sure if you're going to heaven. And you'd like to be sure. What I'd love to do is to include you in this prayer because that's way too important to not be sure about. Eternity is real. We will all one day face God. And so this morning, if you'd like to be sure that you're going to go to heaven, have a confidence in your heart. Would you, when I ask people to raise their hands, raise your hand as well and pray this prayer with us. So right across this room right now, if you're saying, John, I want that relationship with God you're talking about. I want to recommit my life to Christ. I want to come back to God or I want to be sure I'm going to heaven. Right now, would you just raise your hand up high and say, that's me today. I want to connect with God. Would you raise it up and say, that's me. Thank you. That's so awesome. I see your hand there. Who else this morning is saying, this is me as well. I want to reconnect with God or I want to begin that relationship you're talking about. Would you raise your hand as well if that's you? Say, John, that's me too. I want to make that step today to begin that connection with God. Wherever you are right now, whatever, whatever season of life you're in right now, if you're away from God, thank you, sweetheart. That's so awesome. Who else right now you're saying, I need to get right with God. I know something's missing. You'll feel a tugging on your heart right now. That's God's Spirit drawing you to relationship with Him. He loves you so much. He cares about every situation you're facing. But He'll never force you to take a step towards Him. He just invites you. He draws you. He urges you. But it's your decision. Today's the day to surrender. I feel like I can feel someone in this room. Today is your day to surrender. You've dug your heels in for too long. Today is your day to say yes to God, to return to Him. God's speaking to you right now about beginning a relationship with Him or returning to Him. Would you raise your hand up real high? Say, that's me as well. Wherever you are, raise it up. Thank you, Jesus. Touching hearts. Thank you. That's awesome. See your hand, champ. Who else right now? Just say, that's me as well. We've got a little bit of time. I'm waiting for you as well. This is too important to keep racing through. Easter 2019 could be the greatest moment in the diary of your life as you reflect back the day you surrendered to God the day you said yes to Jesus Christ the day your eternity was sealed if there's one more person would you raise your hand right now and say that's me as well I want to connect with God this morning fantastic thank you I see your hand that's awesome Fantastic. All right, we're going to pray this prayer together right now. Would every eye close? Can we pray together with these three people who've raised their hand today? Say these words after me. Dear God in heaven, I thank you that you love me, that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me. I'm sorry for my sin. I'm turning to you today to give you my life. Forgive me. I renounce the devil and all his works. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and the power of God. I thank you today that I'm forgiven, born again, going to heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, church, put your hands together right now. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. 
I want to wish you an extremely happy Easter, invite you back tonight. We're going to have a, a fun night tonight. It's going to be powerful, and I'm going to hand over to Jeremy. God bless you.